now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, Essay Verbing Podcast. Or Essay Verbing David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> it's the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's pick it up. Let's actually make some. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. All right, kids, this is what I'm doing. I'm splitting this podcast into two. One today for Saturday, and then one for tomorrow, Sunday. And then here on out, what we think will be on Sundays. I think that's the best transition, plus we got some things going on the weekend, and, and I think this will just kind of work out the best. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into part two of what we think it's called silence and retirement and this is where sadie picks up and she's talking about her husband ernie and the notation of retirement okay sit back and relax and enjoy this part of what we think and I said, it just takes communication. Right. You know, because I don't know when he goes in the other room whether he's going to be out, out there for four hours or a minute. I have no idea. And I might be thinking to do something, but I can't do it because I don't know what his plans are. So I said, we have to communicate hopes, desires, plans, dreams, and stuff like that. And he agreed that that would be, um, you know, a good way to approach it. I agree. I think that... I, I think it's sensible. I you know, because I we get along pretty well. We like each other's company. We don't neither one of us has ever been the go out with the girls night or out with the boys night, you know. I've I used to do more of that actually than he ever did. You know, I sometimes go for a drink after work with some of the people from my job right before I was in medicine. And uh and matter of fact, he'd have to come pick me up several times because, <laughs> you know, they used to do a lot up in San Jose area. They used to have a lot of happy hours at the bars there, and they used to do twofers, yeah, <laughs> two for five, two for seven, you know, and you get a glass of wine, you know, glass of wine like a fishbowl. You know, I'd call him up, hi, honey, can you come and get me? <laughs> I had, I had, we had two for night. And, and he says, and he'll go, and how many glasses of wine did you have? And I'll go, just two. <laughs> just two. <laughs> of course, they were 32-ounce fish bowls, but hey. But seriously, I mean, seriously, that ha that happened more than, than I care to admit. But we like to be together. We like to do things together. I just don't want him to feel like when he comes home, I'm going to have this huge honeydew list, you know, of of things that I want him to do. Right. There are things on the list that are most my list that are mostly for him. Projects of stuff he has said I'll do, I want to do later. I'll do this and that. And on that list is going to be: a, Do you really seriously want to do this, or can I throw this thing away? Because I'm tired of looking at it. <laughs> you either really want to do it, or you're just saying that to postpone the inevitable. And if you're just postponing the inevitable, let me do it. I can get money for it. Yes. Okay? Like working on the Dodge van, for example, you know, which he still maintains he's going to do one of these days. He's he's very big procrastinator. So anyway, uh, we'll see. But I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that it is will be a smooth transition <laughs> for him. I don't, you know, I and I, I I haven't started to push yet. Come the end of March, we're going to Vegas, right? And I probably then will start, you know, pushing a little bit, like. Okay, it's it's time to start thinking. What have you told your boss? About? Yeah, it's spring. Yeah, because because they have talked about it. That's how he found out about the per diem thing. Right. And because when he first told me he was thinking about going per diem, I said, "Well, you don't even know if they'll take you on as per diem." He said, "Yeah, they will." I said, "Ah, so you've already talked about it with your boss?" Well, yeah, I have. You know. But see, he doesn't. He bless his heart. He doesn't tell me a lot of that stuff because he knows I'll jump on it like a. <laughs> frog on a June bug, you know. So he just he just kind of keeps it all to himself, and then when the time is when right. the time is right, and he's got all his little ducks in a row, he'll start quacking. And until then, he won't. So I have to kind of pull it out of him to find out what's going on. And I tr I really do try to be open about it <clears throat> a casual about it i try to you know and i've told him i guess i it's okay i'm not gonna it's, it's not cast in concrete and i'm not gonna hold you to it i just want to know what you're thinking right you know if you change your mind that's okay too but it's really hard he's never been the kind of a guy to sit down and say you know what i've been thinking lately well sometimes he does but it's things like we need to go to the yard house <laughs> for a beer or um, let's go get some more wine, you know, stuff like that. He never right. sits down and says, you know what I've been thinking when it has anything to do with anything of import. Just it's not in him. And it may be a guy thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. It, it, and this is funny since I, you know, do four podcasts a week. I, but I, I'm I'm really not big on sharing. I just I'm not a yeah, big sharer. Yeah, it, it could probably be a guy thing, you know. Well, and there's there are defenses that have to be involved in that too, you know, because this is probably like I am. You know, you start you start putting stuff out there. She's gonna go hmm, or uh, you know, depending on what it is. Right. And and guys guys are very uh, cautious, I think, about putting ideas out there because they've been beat up by their mothers in most cases for so many years that, or their sisters or their wives. So that, you know, that when they, it occurs to them to say, you know, I was thinking we ought to something that right away their brain's going, don't tell her that. You don't know how she's going to take that. You know, so you have to find another way to find out. I heard about a guy <laughs> that, you know, yeah. told his wife that, and, and see how they react to that. Well, you said that made me shoot back too, because, and the listeners don't know this, but for eight years I was a CNA. That's a certified nurse assistant. Right. And I came into a situation where I was going to become a critical care technician. Mm -hmm. And I had everything situated. I already knew what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. But I remember coming home, I waited until Lacey woke up, and I was like, come here, sit down. We need mm -hmm. to talk. And she was she was afraid. She's like, what's wrong? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, well, that's always a scary one when a guy says that. And yeah. I, and I told her, you know, I said, this is what we're doing. But I remember you saying that, that that's yeah. popped into my head. Yeah. Because well, it, it is because it, especially if it's somebody you live with and it affects them, 
It does. And and you you want you want them to feel that you're considerate of their opinion and their interest in the whole thing, and yet at the same time, you pretty well know what you want to do. And right. so you have to find a way of getting that said without saying it doesn't matter what you think, I'm going to do it anyway. But basically, that's pretty well it. Well, you know, I mean, because you do have to. People who work have that responsibility. You make a, an agreement with your boss about your job, you know, and if your boss comes to you and says, you know, I need you to do so-and-so, you can't say, well, can I ask my wife first? Sometimes, yes, because if it involves relocating or, you know, changing salary up or down or right. something. Yeah, then, of course, any boss would understand you need to talk that over with your your living person, other, whatever yeah. it is. But... Uh, but not in terms of, well, I don't know, I can't make a decision until I ask my wife first, you know. Well, that was kind of best case example is what just happened with over at the hospital. Mm. You know, there's um, a big possibility that, I, you know, in June I'm going to be going to full time finally ah, yay. after almost three years. Yay. And it wasn't That'd a decision. Nice. I, I knew I didn't have to talk to Lacey about the right. decision. Um, you know, and as soon as it presented itself to me, I said, I'm very interested in oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because not only will it be full-time, more money, but it's a specialty unit. So there's more mm. money in the specialty cool. unit. Cool. So Plus making... better bennies, too. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and then if, if something happened, which wouldn't, but I mean, if something happened where she said, no, absolutely not, then you'd have to go back to your boss and say, well, I've, you'd have to say, I've been thinking it over and I've changed my mind, which will make you look like an ass. Right. But it's better than having to say, my wife said no, you know. I, I, I can't even imagine that happening, but I mean. Right, right. Those circumstances do happen to some guys. But I, I came home, you know, that morning and we talked and I told her, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. kind of updated on it because yeah. there's some things that I know that would require us to, have a conversation right, about it and to right. understand it and be, you know, to kind of build a, a foundation so we're both eye to eye on it. Right, right. As well, you a, pretty well have already done that about this, anyhow, this particular situation. You right. knew how she felt about it. Oh, yes. And so, you know, that that <clears throat> so, isn't something you'd have to come home and say, what do you think? You know what she thinks. So with that said, I don't know, last week I said that I was going to be stopped uh, the podcast, Who's the Boss? Yeah. Um, when <clears throat> I go full time, that means it's going to be even less time for me to do more things. So that yeah. means I'm dropping another podcast and I'm going to be dropping Flashback Fridays. That seems reasonable. Um, just That's... because, it, you know, reality is, is I'm not going to try to rush and, and do a podcast yeah. Yeah. and, well, and besides that, if anybody ever wanted to really listen to a previous podcast, all they'd have to do is email us and tell us, and we could well, fix I've, that up Well, I've already easy. pretty much got someone set up to replace me. Okay. So the show's still okay. going to go on. It's just oh, not going to okay. be me. Okay. What about, while we're talking about it, um, you can always take this out if you don't want to talk about it. What about Seeing Red? I understand that didn't happen the other day. Um, <laughs> they, they showed up, well, they showed up in the middle of the week. Oh, they did? Yeah, oh, they did show up. I was given incorrect information. Okay. Oh, good. you mean this week, though? Well, I don't know. You they had posted something about it on Facebook. You know, hint, yeah. hint, yeah. seeing red. Yeah. Hint, hint. Um, and I said, did they ever show up? And Lacey said, no. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. That, that, that following morning, they showed up. Oh. It was like, okay. but, but crack of dawn. Uh, and it's thanks. unfortunate because most of the time I get up early anyway. Oh. Whether Jaden's in school or not, I just yeah. get up. Yeah. Oh, so. God, that kills me. Uh. Speaking of that potential full-time job, would it be night shift? It would be night shift. That's good. You're <clears throat> like I am. You've always liked uh, working the night shift. It's anybody that works a night shift. I don't care if it's hospital or or a bubblegum factory. When you work a night shift, um, you all know that there's fewer powers that be to deal with yes. at night because they're all home sleeping in their soft, cushy beds. <clears throat> so it's it's a lot nicer, and especially in a hospital. It's nicer because the docs are not there and and the the um, administration executives are not around and you know well my most part my biggest thing is and this may become this might come as a a shock to you is i don't do well with people who think they're better than me well i don't i don't think anybody does well with someone who and likes to lord it over them just because you're smarter you're quote unquote a boss yeah doesn't mean you you think i'm gonna cower down and kiss your ass that is not me. Well, I learned many, many, many years ago not to refer to a supervisor as a superior. There's a whole ball game full of difference in two. Um, and a, a supervisor is just that. They're the person you answer to. They're the ones that give you the, the workload or the rules for the day or whatever the hell. Right. A superior is something <clears throat> else entirely. If you don't know the meaning of the word, Google it. <clears throat> And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste our time. <laughs> yeah. With it. And that was. That's one of the big reasons why, through all my life, every every job that I've ever held, you know, that I've been during the day shift, I've had a conflict. With, yeah. Because. Well, a lot of people just really get off on that. A lot of people do. I'm sorry to say, they just think that that's. They they got the big frog little puddle syndrome. Yeah. Going. You know, and my brother used to be a lot like that when he was alive, and um, it actually cost him a number of jobs. There's, there's, there's a point at which you have to accept it, whether you don't like it or not. They are in the position they're in, and you're in the position you're in. Both out of choice, you choose to do the work you choose to do at the level you choose, and they the same. Okay, so if you don't like working for people who are assholes, then either you got to become one of the assholes. So and 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 even then, you'll still have to work for an asshole. Right. The only way you can ever avoid that is to work for yourself. And then still, you can and end you up can. working for an asshole. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So so somewhere along the line, you have to just find a way to uh to to overlook the fact that most of the people you'll be working under, right. so, to, so to speak, uh, are not going to be your buddies. Right. And they shouldn't be. They're, you know, it's like it's like parents who say, oh, my children and I are the best of friends. Well, that's stupid. Your children don't need you to be their friend. They need you to be your par- their parent. Right. They need you to be the one that gives them the rules <laughs> and the instructions and the discipline. 
they they've got lots of friends from school or if they don't they can get them there uh or to the playground or whatever right they don't need their parents to be friends same thing with a boss. You don't need your boss to be your friend. You need your boss mm -hmm. to be the boss. Right. That's hence the name. So somewhere along the line, you have to say to yourself, this guy is a real jerk, but they all are. Right. You're never going to get yeah. away from it. Well, it's never. not even so much someone being a jerk or a dick. It's a bully. That's the problem I have. Yeah, there is a lot of bullying goes on. And that's, that's what gets me but, into trouble is because I yeah. won't be bullied. Well... But, yeah, I mean, as far as someone just being a jerk or, you know, a, a dick, a random dick, I can deal with that. Unfortunately, again, being in the position of the underling, okay, as long as you're answering to someone, you're an underling, all right, you're one of the minions, all right, that essentially requires you to be subjected to an inordinate amount of bullying. And you have to find a creative way of dealing with the bullying because it isn't ever going to go away. As long as there's a bully, it's going to come to you sooner or later if you're working for him. And you have to find a way either by, you know, and, and Ernie would be ideal. You should, you should do a whole podcast with him if he would, if he would actually tell you. He would be ideal to tell you how to creatively deal with bullying. If there's anyone who knows, it's that man. He has been bullied most of his life. He's Japanese American. Grew up in a in a community of a combination of Japanese American, Mexican, and white people. <clears throat> Japanese American were the minorities in that community. Right. Mexicans were the majority. There were a few white people in there too. Um and there were thousands of times when he was put upon in one way or another, it mostly motivated out of racial discord, uh, but not necessarily taking the, not necessarily doing the kinds of things that that I mean, like he wasn't like beat up constantly or anything. There's just little things, little right. things, little nudgy twist the knife in kinds of things, the thorn in your flesh and that sort of thing. And um, it totally doesn't face him. Totally does not face him. He has somewhere along the line, I guess from doing it a lot, he has found a way to deal with it. I don't know. I don't know what he does. I don't know how he does it because I'm like you. You know, I'll rant and rave about somebody doing this and that and, you know, <clears throat> pussy son of a bitch. You know, so <laughs> goddamn watching, ratting, fretting. And, and he just goes, doesn't do any good. You know, it's like when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm constantly raging on the road, you know. Right. Inside my car, I don't, do, I don't do overt road rage. I want to get clearly understood. But in my car, I'll be driving along and I'll be like, you stupid son of a bitch, what the fuck are you doing? And, he, and he'll go, well, that stopped him. Boy, he's <laughs> thinking about it now, you know. But he's, he, he's, because he doesn't do that. Right. He doesn't do that. 
when he drives down the road, he just drives down the road. Somebody does something stupid, he just drives down the road. You know, I vent constantly. I'm constantly venting. He doesn't do that. He, it doesn't get in. He doesn't let it in on how he has developed that skill. I don't know, <coughs> except for the fact that I know he's had to over the years for one reason or another. He right. has learned that for him, the best way to deal with it is to deny that it exists at the outset. And so he, whether he, whether he's conscious of it and, and it does hurt him and he still puts it aside or he is conscious of it and it doesn't hurt him. I don't know. We don't sit down and talk about stuff like that, right. but I've seen him in action. I know what he does on the outside. You know, it doesn't get in. It, it just, does, and he's worked for some monumental assholes. A number of them. He's actually had to work for a couple of assholes that have followed him from place to place. Really? Well, not followed him, but I mean, he's gone and they've gone there too. Right, right. Um, you know, it's like you always think, oh, thank God I don't work there anymore. You know, well, there's the asshole right there with you again. So you still have that problem. Um, uh, I don't know whether it's his Buddhist upbringing. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is he doesn't let stuff like that bother him. I don't know how he avoids it. I don't know what goes on in his head about it. I just, I just know that he, you know, and I'll say something. Didn't that bother you? No, no, it didn't bother me. You know, and it, it, it's, it's, I guess he, maybe he figures that assholes are just assholes and it's their problem to deal with in life, not his, you know. And, 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 and saying something to them about it or being upset about it isn't going to change them. They're still going to be assholes. It's only going to mess him up. Right. Which is very true. If you're working for a guy and he tries to bully you and pushes your buttons <laughs> and gets your back up against the wall and you lash out, you're the one in trouble, not him. So if 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 somebody pushes your buttons and puts your back against the wall, I guess you just have to take it. You know, like the Bible says, you know, turn the other cheek. Right. You know, I mean, it sounds si stupid to, to say that, but at the same time, in a way, it's better for you. Because eventually, if a bully can't push your buttons and get a reaction out of you, he'll go push somebody else's buttons. You know, a lot of times the only reason somebody bullies you is because you let yourself be bullied. You don't have the the whatever to just stand there and and give it a blank look and go like whatever you meant that it didn't happen. Whatever you were hoping for didn't work. You know. Right. And uh and in that action you win. Okay? Because you cut him off from his supply of bullies. I made that word up. You like that? <laughs> I'm a bullier. You're a bullyee. Um, and and then so he has to go pick on somebody else. So maybe that would work. You should try it sometime. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. 
That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazamon.com. Well, fortunately, right now where I'm at, I don't have that situation. Well, that's good. I was talking about previous. But even- right, eventually, you will. They're, right now, they're I out don't, there. You I don't know. have it. <clears throat> they're all out there. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, it's kind of like the guys driving down the road. You know, every once in a while, I get behind somebody get behind me, and they want to ride my ass, and all that does is make me slow down. But even then, sometimes I don't. I just go, and and. And I don't know what's going on in their head. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe their wife's dying in a hospital and they're trying to get there. I don't know. I don't know. All I see is a, is, is headlights in my rearview mirror. I, you know, or even not that, just the top of their car because they're so close to me. I can't even see their headlights. 
I assume that they're trying to push me off the road or that they want me to go faster. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's true at all. You know, got no way to know. So I try not to let it bother me so much. I try. Before we wrap up, you, you wanted to talk about the Olympics. Oh, well, I, I just uh, wanted to say we watched, we recorded and watched the um, opening ceremonies. Uh-huh. Four hours long, right? Mm-hmm. Long. And ordinarily, I don't care that much about them. But, of course, we watched the ones uh, in China, Beijing, and they were spectacular. I don't know if you watched it or not. No, I but didn't. they were really spectacular. And, and frankly, we weren't expecting too much out of Sochi, uh, Sochi, Russia, because it's this little resort town, and, you know, and it's Russia. Hello. And we've heard a lot about the, the conditions there not being up to what Far, we would call yeah. Western standards. Uh, the buildings, the bathrooms. I think everybody has seen pictures of the communal bathrooms, yeah. as it were. And, it, and I know, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I keep worrying about, I hope they have, I keep thinking, do you suppose <coughs> that they've made an agreement among themselves? Look, I'll leave you alone. You go in first, you go potty, and then you come out and then I'll go in. Or do they do things like, are they just constipated for the whole time there <laughs> at Olympics or what? But, uh, but besides that, you know, there were, there were lots of pictures, uh, on Facebook about the terrible construction problems right. that they've had there and everything. So I really wasn't expecting a hell of a lot. We were both amazed. The, as far as we were concerned, the two of us, my husband and I, um, the show that they put on was ever bit as good as Beijing, if not better. Beijing had a gazillion people, you know, it was like they say in the movies, a cast of thousands, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and in so far as they had that many people doing pretty much the same thing, it was spectacular. Um, but Sochi had The most incredible CG effects that they, that you can imagine. You remember me telling you about, uh, the Convict Chronicles? Volumes, yeah. Con Con Convict Volumes. God, it's my own book and I can't remember <laughs> the name of it. Uh, you remember me telling you about the part where, um, uh, the guy is finding out from, you know, about what the comet's all about and all that kind of stuff. Right, uh-huh. And you remember me saying that, that the floor, uh, morphs into a, um, visual depiction of the history that he's yes. being yes, told. Yes, I remember that. Well, they stole my idea. Really? That's pretty much what they did. They had this humongous auditorium. And I mean, it was huge. It had to be Shit, probably two or three football fields long. It was huge. It seemed like that long. Anyway, people are going, no, it wasn't that big, but it seemed like it. And the whole floor was, I don't know what they did, if they had like pixels in it or something. Mm -hmm. But it, oh, Jesus, I can't even just, I can't even say what they did. It was, it was like looking at a television set, a great huge television set, sort of, only okay. it was even better than that because the, uh, 
the graphics that they displayed on it. That well, they had everything. It wasn't just graphics. They had, uh, uh, you know those those pictures of the Earth that the take they take taken the by the satellites when the lights are on and at the Earth and it's mm-hmm. dark. You know the they had that going on and and it depicted the different countries that that the Olympians came from. At one point, that was one part of it. But they had. Uh, the, the history of Russia. They did this whole thing about the history of Russia back to, Jesus, way back, I guess. I don't know how far. Way, way, way back. And they, and uh, whatever individuals there were that were participating in it mm-hmm. were on this floor. And then the floor itself became part of the description of the history. Like there was this one part where they were showing, um, people on a ship but the ship was actually the in the cg on the floor but the people there were actual humans standing there on the ship on the on the floor but it looked like they were on the ship i mean i i really am doing a shitty job of describing it and i didn't save it but if you get a chance to look at it you might even uh, be able to go on oh you don't have on demand do you do you have on demand on demand try to see if you can go back and pick up uh, just a little bit of the time uh, where they where they did this show because they, the opening ceremonies. Yeah, it the there's this one part where it's all done in black and white. It's just stunning. It's an ocean, but it's all done in black and white. Very, it's very steampunky looking. Uh, and then and then they also talk about the. You know the, the the political upheaval and everything that went on in 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 Russia over the over time, and then they they've got some cute little things where they got the little uh, minarets. I think that's called those little cute buildings. Little okay, yes. Those, and they and they show and those are actually out there on the floor and they're in in beautiful colors and stuff and then the people are out there but the 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 floor the whole show would have been nothing without the floor the floor was everything in this show because it just it just it was the stage it I it, and it, it it was also the scenery and it was part of the action, all in one. And it was it actually was done by a Russian, former Russian citizen who now is in New York City. My oh, really? Yeah, Ernie said this guy designed the program. And I said, I said, I don't know who did the computer graphics on it, but they're fucking genius. I mean, genius. It was it was just stunning. It really was. Plus, they had this other thing that that uh, moved. Uh, the the scenery or whatever they were doing, you know, it's like ships in the night or horses or whatever. And it was like they took the concept of moving the stuff from a factory that builds airplanes, and it, it's like you know where they have um, I have to move in a whole fuselage uh-huh. from one point to another in the factory right. and they have an overhead pulley system or whatever. Yes. That's what they had and it was huge and it could lift, I forget how many tons they said, a hundred and some odd thousand tons or something. I don't know. Very heavy stuff it could lift. Um, and 
and then uh, of course they had all the people and they had the focal point at one time this little girl that did some stuff and she was amazing and but it was just it was beautifully done it was it was when it was all done, you, you, I looked back and I went, that was four hours? Well, part of it was, you know, had them coming in. Right. And of course, that takes some time. But they even made that seem fast. Um, and then when they went out to light the torch, they had to go outside to light the, you know, they had to take the torch out to light the, the, the big torch, mm-hmm. you know, for the, for the thing. And that went off without a hitch. You know, it was, uh, and huge fireworks and everything. It was, spectacular it was ever bit as good as beijing and and i never thought they'd come anywhere near that because i was pretty impressed with beijing right. i mean frankly but it was just they absolutely should be terribly proud of of the accomplishment that they that they did with this show it was spectacular it really was it was just amazing and then, of course, it's nice to see the kids and the, you know, the, we've been watching the events, you know, the various things that they're doing now. And, but I, I, I we're supporters of the Olympians and the Olympics. And, and so I'm kind of have a vested interest in it in that respect, right. too. And it's, it's nice to see the, the kids, you know, that are, that are so strong and so healthy and so adept at what they do doing their thing you right. know it's it's really cool plus this is the first year they've had downhill uh ski jumps you know for mm-hmm. women really yeah they never had that before as part <clears throat> of the olympics I, they they said that it was because the everybody thought it was too hard for a woman to do or some bullshit well you know how women are don't tell us it's too hard for us to do because we'll do it and uh, this is actually now the first time that they've had it in the Olympics for women. And, wow. And that was kind of cool to, to watch them do it. And, of course, I like the ice skaters and stuff like that. But I just I just think if, if, if our listeners have not had a chance or have said, oh, it's such a pain in the ass to watch all the Olympians walking in and waving and ha, ha, ha. Take the time if you can get it. Uh, through your television or your cable company, if you can get a chance to look at some of this, take take the time to look at it. You'll you'll be surprised. Or it's, you can probably get it on YouTube. You probably I don't know actually, but yeah, I would imagine it'd be a four hour YouTube show. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, they break it up in parts. It if if you the bigger the screen, the better. Right. Okay. We've had a, I think ours is just a little bit bigger than that one, but not much. It's like sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was nice. Plus we put it on, uh, high def. So, you know, I didn't have any subtitles to read or anything like that, but that was okay because you get a better picture, bigger picture, brighter picture, all that however shit. And so it was, it was just really, it's worth taking the time to find and, and look, even if you only look at a little of it, but just the floor, the rest of it, yeah, yeah, anybody could have pulled that off, you know. It was very precise, a lot of precision stuff going on, a lot of ballet, which was also very nice, you know, but that was all because it's Russia, right. you know, Russia is ballet or, you know, that's it. So, and, but it was enjoyable. It was very nicely done. It was perfectly in time with the, with what was going on in the program and everything. It was just, it was really super. You should, if you get a chance to look at it, don't pass it up. I'll check it out. Because yeah, it's it it's really amazing. Just 
from the, the production standpoint. And that's what I kept thinking through the whole thing was, how in the hell did they do that? How in the hell did they do that? How did they think of it? And then how did they program it? to Because you know this was all done by the computer, mm-hmm. you know. And just just that alone, just the floor alone, if they had nobody else in the show, would have been worth watching. It was amazing. Well, I'm curious to see it now. Good. Maybe everybody else will be too, and they'll, they'll watch it, and maybe they'll enjoy it too. I hope. But that's pretty much all I wanted to say about the Olympics is, you know, and support your Olympians, you know, verbally if no other way. Yes. Because they do work hard to, to do what they do. And they deserve, I think they deserve recognition. So. Well, we're going to say that's it for this week. Um, come back next week and we'll find out. And we'll what find happened. out what the, did we do a, a, re- a reasonable job of distracting you from yeah, your yeah. agony Actually, over. Because you didn't want to, you almost couldn't say anything after you got through saying what what little you did say. We would have had a bleak podcast for sure. But yeah, we did good. Good, good. Well, hopefully we'll know more tomorrow and then next week we can tell everybody what it was all about. All right, so for this week, I am David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think, and now you know. Good night. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. We're S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. The game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.